This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 as we kick off another week. Fun and excitement tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Uh, That's the way a good talk show website should be. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. We will, of course, take your calls about whatever's on your mind uh, and then, of course, share things with you that we think you might find interesting. In fact, a lot of the stuff that we'll be sharing with you was created by, well, was shared with us by listeners like you. Our website actually allows you to uh, to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air. Uh, you can go and submit different show prep suggestions to the site. You find something online that you think is is pretty neat that you want to share with us and with all of our other listeners, with a lot of our listeners, uh, then you go to freetalklive.com, you submit the link there, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike it. It's a simple little system. You either hit the plus or the minus button, and then you get to vote on things too, and the most voted up will make that uh, appear on the top of our page, the uh, or towards the top on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. Uh, so, and the, deciding where to start tonight is, is a little bit difficult. There's some big news out there. Here's one from Time Magazine. One of the most contentious issues in the vast literature about alcohol consumption has been the consistent finding that those who don't drink actually tend to die sooner than those who do. That's huge news. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, you've heard that one drink a day can be good for various things, right? Like drinking. I've definitely heard that, yes. Right. That, uh, what is it, good for heart conditions or something like that? Stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but then there's even more shocking news here. The standard Alcoholics Anonymous explanation for this finding is that many of those who show up as abstainers in such research are actually former hardcore drunks who had already incurred health problems associated with drinking. However, a new paper in the journal Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research suggests that for reasons that aren't entirely clear, that abstaining from alcohol does actually tend to increase one's risk of dying, even when you exclude former drinkers. So the most shocking part of it all, abstainers' mortality rates are higher than those of even heavy drinkers. So, well, I've I've heard the saying uh, for uh, most of my life, you find a lot of old drunks, you don't find a lot of old smokers. George Burns made it to uh, 100. George Burns was a uh, cigar smoker. And Mm -hmm. that's an anecdotal case, right? Like one smoker. What's what's the difference? You put the uh, letter T in anecdotal. Anecdotal. You add a T and you say anecdotal. Anecdotal. It's anecdotal. Okay. So it's an anecdotal case. Mm -hmm. Anecdotal. Anecdotal. Whatever. You got it. and uh, that doesn't that's not science. It's mm-hmm. just uh, some jackass on study. the radio saying, yeah. I know an old guy who smokes. <laughs> so uh, shut up. Yeah. And, the you know, he smokes cigars. Cigars aren't necessarily inhaled. Most of the people that smoke cigarettes die from lung cancer. And if you don't get the smoke mm-hmm. in your lungs, you don't get lung cancer. I just think it's absolutely fascinating here, though. What they're saying is that uh, heavy drinkers actually living longer than non-drinkers. You could save eggs and pickles much better that way. Hogs feet, too. Now, to be fair, uh, moderate drinking, which is defined as one to three... <laughs> kill you. <laughs> one to three drinks per day is associated with the lowest mortality rates in alcohol studies. So, probably better to, instead of not drinking at all or drinking heavily, drink moderately. 
That's what the, they're suggesting here. Moderate alcohol use, uh, especially when the beverage of choice is red wine, is thought to improve heart health, circulation, and sociability. Well, duh. <laughs> is that why I took off my pants and ran around the party? Because I had when did you socially- do that? No, it's not. It's just oh, okay. a, it's a it's a drunk joke. Yeah, so anyway, they say here, uh, which can be important because people who are isolated don't have as many family members and friends who can notice and help treat health problems. But why would abstaining from alcohol lead to a shorter life? It's true that those who abstain from alcohol uh, tend to be from lower socioeconomic classes, since drinking can be expensive. So people who abstain from alcohol uh, tend to be from lower socioeconomic classes. Cause That's interesting. I didn't know expensive. that. It's not expensive. <laughs> I mean, well, you could, if you don't have a whole lot of money and you're spending a significant portion of your income on alcohol, we're talking it's about expensive. moderate drinkers here. We're not talking about people who, um, you know, this is people who, for whatever reason, you know, a, this few, is, a few drinks a day is still a you know a few bucks a day, and that does add up. Not necessarily. It's one to three drinks we're talking about here, yeah. and you can get yourself a nice can of Natty Light for about forty cents. <laughs> um, so, um, I, you know, I think that this is sort of where I'm coming down on this one. Is I don't, you know, I don't like the idea of drinking one beer. I like the idea of drinking four or five beers. Yeah. You know, I, it, it, one beer doesn't necessarily do it for me. I've certainly done it in my life, but I don't know if I'm at home. I, I don't I, I, Maybe maybe this is where the, uh, the the lower income people come down. They've said, I've, I've drank too much. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just not going to drink any more at all. It doesn't do anything for me. And I guess it does do something for you. Yeah. One, well, I'm not really a heavy drinker, right? I mean, normally for me, three is my maximum. Yeah. Um. So I guess now I'm feeling better about drinking more often because I've been drinking a little bit more often now that I've like I th- I may be drinking right I may <laughs> staying be, home because you have yeah. a curfew of six well, o'clock. Well, right they they set my curfew because I was uh, do, I was participating in the drinking game here in Keene that uh, a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago made national uh, and international headlines uh, national international news I don't know if headlines is the right term but it, it made some news and got us some attention here at, uh, for what's going on in Keene. Which was great. I ended up getting arrested since I was already out on two bails. It didn't matter that it was a frivolous uh, nonsense arrest that was targeted uh, at me for, well, because they've got a vendetta against me, apparently. Uh, that that all didn't matter. The man in the black robe decided that I had a uh, that I was to be given a twelve hour curfew, so that I was to be on my property uh, between the hours of six p.m. and six a.m. My favorite is you sent him a letter asking to asking for it to be sort of uh, you know modified, and he, <laughs> so that you could go to the the Cheshire TV events uh, the, the local board meetings the board meetings and stuff he, said, he wants proof that you're a Cheshire TV. I mean, who comes up with a lie like that? Yeah, yeah. So just you know, he just wants me to jump through his hoops, right? No, you can't do this yet. You need to jump through a couple more hoops before I'll let you <laughs> have another hour, take an hour off your curfew. Or well, something it's like that. it's hard for me to get too upset about so, uh, an annoying jerk getting uh, getting treated badly. I think I may <laughs> be actually drinking more now than I was when I was out at the nightcap every night, where it's kind of known for people out there drinking in public and things like that. I don't know. 1-800-259-9231. But now I can feel better about it because science has shown that uh, moderate drinkers live longer and that if you don't drink at all, then you might die sooner. Well, they do mention red wine in there. So if you're if you're going to drink for the purpose of living longer, you probably should should go for the the red wine. Well, yeah, but that's only for the heart thing, right? It's it's one of the major killers, right? 
Why would, disease. Uh, so let's look a little further at this, though. They say here that, uh, that people of lower socioeconomic statuses have more life stressors, job and child care worries that might not only keep them from the bottle, but also cause stress-related illnesses over long periods. Although it would seem to me that life stressors drive people to drink. A lot of the people that have drinking problems have drinking problems because they're trying to cope with their stressors in life. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't. Imagine. It all seems backwards what they're saying here. Fewer, fewer people have stressors when they're rich. That doesn't make much sense to me. But even after controlling for all, for excuse me, nearly all imaginable variables, socioeconomic status, level of physical activity, number of close friends, quality of social support, and so on, the researchers found that over a 20-year period, mortality rates were highest for those who had never been drinkers. So reg- regardless of all of those variables. Well, it's Maybe it's uh, the exercise for your liver. You know, if, um, if you never, the idea is, is that drinking's bad for your liver. And I'm sure too much Drinking of it too much, is, right? yeah. um, just in the same way that lifting too many weights uh, can, can be bad for you. There's lots of injuries of people who lift weights. Oh, yeah. However, lifting weights uh, and exercising some is very good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found also that second highest or heavy drinkers, oh, excuse me, mortality rates were highest for those who had never been drinkers, second highest for heavy drinkers, and lowest for moderate drinkers. The sample of those who were studied included individuals between ages 55 and 65 who had had any kind of outpatient care in the previous three years. The 1,824 participants were followed for 20 years of their lives, and 63% of them were men. 69% of the never drinkers died during the 20 years. 60% of the heavy drinkers died, and only 41% of the moderate drinkers died. Interesting statistics. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those. Head on over there. You can enjoy the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free. Uh, In fact, the last week's worth of the program is there on the front page of the site. And then when you click into the archive section, that'll take you back to November of 2006. All free for you at freetalklive.com. By the way, the archives are brought to you by HostGator. Hostgator HostGator.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. And if you used HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com as a portal, you'll get your first month completely free. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Matthew's in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, what's, Matthew. Calling, Go ahead. Hey, good to hear from you guys. Yes, sir. Um, I'm, I'm calling because, uh, well, I'm, a couple of uh, fact checks from Saturday's show from the mosque, which I don't really want to beat that topic up because I know it's been done a lot already. But 
the gentleman was saying that Coke Industries was behind the anti-mosque, uh, the Coca-Cola product. Yeah. He actually spoke. It was Coke Industries, which is associated with Freedom Works, which is a right-wing kind of Tea Party organization that is funding, which he meant to say. It's K-O-C-H. Yeah, I'm familiar with uh, Coke Industries. The guy is a very wealthy man who has some of the most successful, uh, I guess, companies. He's one of the most successful private entrepreneurs out there, and he's one of the founders behind the Cato Institute, as I understand it. And I guess there's some bad blood between Coke and Lou Rockwell. I don't know what all that is. I don't know... Everything all right over there? And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. sorry. I, I'm, I'm next to some kids playing on a merry-go-round. Gotcha. Uh, it sounds like an indoor merry-go-round. Are you inside? Yeah, oh, okay. I work at Lucky's, unfortunately. What's and, that? Uh, I'll find out in a second. Uh, Lucky's is a West Coast grocery store. They so, have a merry-go-round yeah, in the grocery store? I, I, yeah. And it's inside? Yeah, it's, yeah inside. Yeah, it's a pretty nice grocery store, so... This is very interesting. But, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we've we've heard of Coke, and I had a feeling that's what that caller was getting at, but he didn't seem to know what he was talking about. So right, it was Coke, hard to confirm yeah. that with him. So now you're saying that Coke Industries is supporting the, or rather, the Coke Industries is against the uh, the building of the mosque. Yeah, that's what I believe. But like I said, it, it, it to me it's such it's this is a this is a, a topic. And a conversation that I think is taking us away from the bigger eye off the prize, as they say, uh, as far as American society. This is something to keep us entertained while they do harsh, you know, like this stupid war in Iraq and the stupid war in Afghanistan. It's, it's something to keep us off our mind off of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, a bigger, you know, a much bigger topic. I, I, you know, I've heard a lot, of, a lot of people say that, and it's, it's a very nice way of saying that this is a this is a, a tidbit thrown out there that feeds the bigots, and you know they're they're just out there, they're in mass, um, and you know I understand to some extent where they're coming from in that. You know, I'm not that fond of the Muslim folks. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't like their religion much. I don't like, uh, in general, their culture over there comparative to mine. However, I'm not of the opinion that I can change those people by hating them. You know what I mean? And exactly. this is this is just red meat for those people because the uh, the elected officials in New York City, whether you consider that to be valid or not. Have decided that this thing can move forward, and uh, you know I don't consider it valid. As far as I'm concerned, you should be able to build a mosque any place you want if that's what you want to do without asking anyone's as long permission. As you own the property, yeah. yeah. So and and what it, it, what this is this is the perfect story to show conservatives. Hey, you don't care anything about property rights. And this, well, it's like the first caller you had, the very first caller that you had uh, Saturday. He said, "Well, you're an educated guy, and I'm an educated guy, and I believe in property rights." But come on. I mean, what? I believe in property rights, but... Until you give them to those gosh darn Muslim folks, the people that are browner than me. Yes. It was it was hilarious to listen to, and it just got my ivory up a bit. Yep. But speaking of ivory, and get back to your main topic, you're talking about the alcohol. I was at a festival this Thursday in San Jose, California, where it was a reggae festival. So you can imagine that there was a lot of pot smoking going on. They were, drink, oh, yeah. they were drinking a lot of red wine at the reggae festival? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about red wine, but I can tell you, I haven't been that high since high. I only remember <laughs> being that high. Ever. Ever. And so, and I just couldn't believe, like, you hear old people, I'm in my 40s now, and I hear old people all the time talking about the younger generation is, oh, they're not as polite, and they're not as respectful, and they're not as, 
you know, they, they're, they're going to whatever the old people say, get off my grass. I, I was doing all that. And so I went to this festival, and this festival showed me that these teenage kids were so polite, and they were so, excuse me, sir, I'm sorry, you know, can I get by you? And, and it just it made me feel great about well, the younger generation coming up. But I was thinking, hmm. they were all high. They were all high <laughs> on marijuana. Now, if these guys were all high on, on alcohol, would it have been the same situation? No way. I I, I doubt it. No way. I doubt it. So, so people like if, if I ever have kids, I'm 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 gonna much rather have my kids smoke marijuana than drink beer. I heard you know, that you man. Have to do one of the two. So I heard I'll that. Put that out there. I'll tell you, it's Hot a, heads, much it, more politer. <laughs> it's a tough thing for me to get my head around. I know that Jack is going to at some point imbibe alcohol, and I am going to you know, help assist him in learning the proper way to do that. I cannot get my mind around the idea of helping Jack uh, smoke marijuana. I, I, you know, just not societally. I'm, I'm just not ready to do that. It seems like a. a so Mark, do you think that's because of the influences of? Society and media and how sure. they've... 100%. You've got to get over that. <laughs> Man, by the time Jack... Jack is what, two-something? He's two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Two by the time Jack yeah. is uh, old enough to smoke pot, we hopefully will have it legalized by then. That's a long well, way I'm away. Well, I'm in California come November, we hope. But yeah. thank you, gentlemen, for your time. I won't hold you up. Things are looking good out there, right? I mean, as far as the uh, the poll numbers and that sort of thing, from what, I've under- Ian, from what I've understood. Ian, I talk to people every day, and I hear people use that same argument that the guy was talking about the mosque. Yeah, I heard a lady specifically say, oh, yeah, the argument for, for legalization is strong, but come on. And I'm like, please don't vote. Please don't vote. <laughs> Stay home. <laughs> but come on, what? And, no, she's like, we can't legalize drugs. And I'm like, why not? And she couldn't give me an explanation why. Right, wow. Yeah, it, she's just she's just stuck in her paradigm. I, yeah, yeah. I you know, it's it, I I get it. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew, for the thoughts and the call. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Look, Mark, it's all right if you want to teach uh, Jack how to drink. It's all right to teach him how to smoke pot, but whatever you do, don't teach him how to swear. According to uh, the the news here, the Associated Press reporting from Hartford, Connecticut, a man who captured a short video of his eight-year-old neighbor tossing around swear words and posted it online says he never thought it would land him in handcuffs. Josh Eastman said Thursday that he still was taken aback that the boy's family chose to call the police to get the clip removed from YouTube. He said he was shocked by his arrest. If they didn't like the video, they could have just asked me nicely to take it off, and I would have taken it off, People don't do that anymore. They didn't have to go call the police and have me arrested for it. Eastman, 34, was arrested Tuesday and was charged with impairing the morals of a child. After the boy's mother alerted authorities of an online clip titled Swearing Kid, police said he posted $2,500 bail and is due in court on September 8th. Now, of course, the point being, this actually wasn't his child. But uh, should this be a crime? Well, did he teach the kid to swear? According to them, we'll bring you back with a little more information here at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. I was just listening to this here podcast I heard over this station. I've been working. They talk about, like, freedom and stuff like that. And I was just listening to this thing. They were talking about this verbal surgery thing. Well, I went over there and I checked it out, and I, I tell you, the, the honest God off truth, when I listened to that thing, I completely changed my accent. It was an astonishing thing that suddenly I became like an African again, and I wasn't knowing which direction I was in, because verbal surgery, he'll take you there and back. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find the features there are free, and they include our bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Uh, all free for you. Over 500,000 posts await you there. Head on over, though. Keep in mind, it is virtually unmoderated. Uh, so go to bbs.freetalklive.com and don't forget to visit our friend Taryn Lupo over at the LCL Report. Yeah, lclreport.com. He makes uh, he makes his he supports his full time activism by selling liberty themed jewelry. You can support the ideas of liberty every time you buy some of his unique jewelry. He does custom work for just about anything you can dream up. It's all you can see it all at lclreport.com. As a matter of fact, you can go over there and check out his uh, Facebook group too. It's lclreport.com. All right. Again, 800-259-9231 is the number here. We're telling you about what I consider to be a completely outrageous situation in uh, Hartford, Connecticut where a man has been arrested and had to pay $2500 bail in order to get out on a charge of impairing the morals of a child after the boy's mother alerted police of an online clip entitled Swearing Kid, which involved her son, an eight-year-old, which was his neighbor, and uh, him. He he filmed the clip. He put it online. It was a 13-second clip depicting the boy outside spewing profanity. Uh, the video has been removed from YouTube, but a copy has been obtained by the police and is being reviewed, according to their spokesbureaucrat, who said this case is a first of a kind for us. Eastman, uh, this is the man who was accused of, and arrested of Bridgeport, said his family and the boy's family are friendly. Uh, apparently not friendly enough to where their, uh, the neighbors would have actually c- came and talked to him as he suggested, look, you could have just come and talked to me and I would have taken the clip down from YouTube if you just asked me to Yeah. instead of calling the cops. But like you said, Mark, this is how people have been trained to solve their interpersonal problems. They just go straight to the men with guns rather than actually trying to be neighborly about something. Just like with the couch situation with me, I, I went to jail because a neighbor demanded that I remove a couch by using the government to try to force me to. And that kind of made me a little upset. And I, so I decided to not do anything. It was my tenants. They had a couch out in their, uh, their yard. And they sent the, go- the neighbor who didn't like it sent the government after me rather than just coming and talking to me. Neighbor to neighbor. Same thing going on here. She could have approached him. He, he even said this. Anyway, the Eastman said that his family and uh, the boy's family are friendly and that he recorded the boy on his digital camera because the boy had developed a reputation around the neighborhood for swearing. He said initially that he thought it would be humorous to post the video on YouTube because the site hosts other clips of children cursing. Indeed, if you go and look for kid swearing or swearing kid on YouTube, you'll find plenty of them. So I guess the uh, so-called authorities better get their, you know, better get working. There's some more folks that need arresting out there. Uh, Authorities said the boy, whose name hasn't been released, told his mother that Eastman encouraged him to swear and paid him one (laughs) dollar. Hey, man, that's pretty good. If you're eight years old and you can make money by swearing on camera. uh, So I'm I'm trying to get try just trying to wrap my head around this. Wait, 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 wait. Three more sentences. The boy's mother told the Connecticut Post newspaper her family was upset over the video and that the boy doesn't usually exhibit that kind of behavior. Yeah, not around you, lady. 
you're his mom. But when he leaves the house and is out around the, the neighborhood, apparently, according to this guy, he's gotten himself a reputation as being a little foul-mouthed sailor. <laughs> uh, Eastman said he did not pay the boy or ask him to curse on camera. He said, I don't know where they came up with that idea. And it was probably the eight-year-old boy who said, yeah, he taught me all those words. Uh, it's certainly right? possible. And, and you know, the, the, this brings up a lot of questions. I didn't break that lamp. Is is uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, a guy who's just filming things that are happening mm-hmm. certainly has is is not in the wrong. And you know, there's 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 uh, steps towards what is wrong. So what's um, I guess this is my question to you, Ian. Is is there something this guy could have done that would have been wrong? Could the guy teach the kid how to swear? Would that be wrong? I, it may be a little tacky, but I don't think it's wrong. Okay, um, I think that, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what... Uh, if you're going to let your kid out into the world, they're going to learn swears. Whether it's from the the next door neighbor or the kids at school or... It's, it's really a question of what age they learn the swears, and it does... Eighth it, grade, or excuse me, eight years old, that would put him in, what, third grade or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I, I learned quite a few. By I third learned the grade. big, the big f bomb at six. I, I remember specifically being taught by a neighbor kid who was the same age, and I, I guess he probably learned it someplace too. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, somehow or another, I managed to make it to this age, um, having learned it at six. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, I think that it could be wrong, right? Like maybe not jailable, uh, a jailable offense, but I think it's wrong to go around teaching kids <laughs> as young as you can to, uh, to cuss like a sailor. I think it's wrong to go ha- passing out nudie books to, to little boys. I think that's wrong behavior. <laughs> okay. I think it's bad to give out alcoholic beverages and joints to four year olds. They'll go into the preschool school and passing that crap out. Yeah. I think that that is wrong. However, I don't know what I'm willing to uh, incarcerate somebody by or not. And I think that this guy would have probably been uh, if he, in fact, did something wrong, and I'm not sure. Uh, it seems to be that if he's just filming this foul-mouthed little kid, then, you know, no big deal. Hey, look, I was just showing what your little fat sailor mouth kid does when you're not around. And I put it on YouTube. And if you don't like it, like, I get that you may not like it. Mm-hmm. You can ask me to take it down. But you can't call me a bad person for it. All I'm doing is a little bit of journalism in my backyard here. How are they going to prove that any of this anyway? I mean, they're going to have to call the eight-year-old up on the stand to testify that this man taught him the words? It, I, you know, a kid a kid. At least lie. it's not a cop, right? <laughs> because if it was a cop saying uh, those things, then they'd believe the cop. But, yeah, kids will lie. So... Will this guy end up being convicted of this if he actually goes to trial? Couldn't say. Unless unless he takes a plea bargain, which... The, I, he's he's really in a bad position, I, I've got to say. If the kid says, he taught me how to say those words and he gave me some money, I mean, you know, yeah. they're not going to grill the kid, well, where's the dollar? Show us, do you have, do you have the dollar? Which, wow, you know, that's not going to prove anything. Something, something, anything. Yeah. They're not going to grill this kid, so what are you going to do? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if we're going to hear an update on this, but if we do, we'll certainly share it with you because I think it's pretty outrageous. I mean, you're right, Mark. It may be tacky. Uh, it may be wrong. It may be wrong to do some of those things. I mean, certainly from the parents' perspective, it's it's wrong, right? I mean, they they don't want certain things to be done to with their child, uh, and from their perspective, this man has uh, has done something that is morally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it wrong from his perspective? Uh, the kid's hanging out. Uh, he teaches him a new swear word. Or I heard you like to swear. Hey, uh, he's saying he didn't teach him anything. Hey, little Johnny, I, I heard you like to swear. I got my video camera here, and I'll pay you a dollar if you just swear on camera. It'll be hilarious. Uh, is that wrong? 
I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I mean, the kid got paid. It was a consensual interaction. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, it, I think it depends on exactly what st- you know. I think that there's there's gray areas here. I think that he doesn't hasn't done anything wrong if he's just filming a kid who's swearing. He's gotten mm-hmm. he's gotten him. If he paid him to swear, well, then you know you're 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 paying this kid to do something that uh, th- that his parents are going to be embarrassed by. Well, I think what's most wrong in this case is the parents going to the police to I solve think that their that, problems. That, that is a poor way to solve the problem. I'll agree with you that on is, that. I would say that is more wrong than what he did with this child. Because if you believe that you can protect your children from experiencing things that you think are undesirable, then you need to do whatever it takes to, uh, to insulate them. And that means maybe moving away from people and living out in the woods or living on some sort of compound with the FLDS members or something like that. I mean, well, to, hold on, just take a yourself out of society. I, I agree to some extent with what you're saying, but I disagree to another extent. And that was the, those are the examples I used. Do no you one, think? Do you think that it's okay for a guy to uh, to cruise by the, uh, the, the 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 fenced-in area in front of the preschool and pass out and pass out joints? Hey, if you don't want your kid to get joints <laughs> passed out to him, don't. Don't send him to the preschool. No. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's a that, that dude needs his teeth kicked in. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that, okay. Mark. I, I so wouldn't necessarily agree with kicking areas. in anyone's teeth. This is not a black and white issue. I wouldn't necessarily agree with kicking in anyone's teeth, but I would say that uh, if you've got a preschool that has a problem with uh, drunken louts coming around and offering children alcohol or cigarettes... Can you shoot them with a paintball then, gun from the, the yard of the preschool? If you've warned them that, uh, if, wait, wait, who's shooting who? Uh, you, can you shoot the guy who's the passing drunk and out the joints? Yeah. I think if you've warned him that he needs to go away and he doesn't, then yeah, I think that's acceptable. More coming up at 800-259-9231. Share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live then we welcome you to uh, visit us at promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, there are different things that you can do there to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. So go to promote.freetalklive.com. And you'll find everything from banner ads you can place on your website to uh, physical flyers you can print out to ideas about calling local radio stations all over at promote.freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, I want to just continue this discussion here about the... Yeah, uh, the eight-year-old boy who is videoed swearing and the neighbor who who took the video is now facing criminal charges, uh, facing a criminal charge called impairing the morals of a child. I guess that's probably related to uh, what's the other one that they have where you, you corrupt a, corrupting a child. Contributing to delinquency. Delinquency, that's what it is, yeah. I bet you they're probably similar. 
Uh, but this is the first time I've heard of impairing the morals of a child. Now, the allegations by the eight-year-old are that the man offered him a dollar in order to swear on camera and allegedly uh, taught him some of the words, whereas the man's uh, claim is that this young boy has a, a bit of a reputation around the neighborhood as being uh, a sailor mouth. He's a swearer. Yep. And so he just decided, uh, hey, look, I, you know, I want to record your swearing or something like that. Or maybe he claims he recorded him swearing while he was swearing. I don't know what all the details were. But I guess it's all going to come out in court because this guy's got a trial schedule. I don't think it's going to come out in court. You think this guy can't a- win. Would you take this to court? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't. So he's got a court date on September 8th. I don't know if that's an arraignment or, or an actual trial. He but can't I- win this. He has to testify against an eight-year-old. That's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. There's, I mean, there's no doubt. It, but, he couldn't. He couldn't do worse if it was a if, if it was a, a nun in a wheelchair. I mean, he is screwed. He had just better figure out what he's gonna do in order to make this right to whomever. And the worst case scenario he, is his is what happened at this what, point. What, what are the damages here? I mean, there's no there's no victim in this case. <laughs> the the damages are the poor, corrupted mind of this already potty mouth kid. Well, I think the da- if anybody's going to claim they're damaged, it's uh, it's mom, right? Mom believes that her little boy is this little angel, and she makes a statement of the story to uh, to that extent, saying something to the effect of, "Well, our you know our little Johnny doesn't behave that way around us." Well, duh, well, of course it, not. What, what's clear to me, the problem is, is this family feels that its reputation has been besmirched as a bad parenting group. And I'll tell you, there's not much worse you can say about a woman with a child than she's a crappy mom. And that's what mm-hmm. this is all about. This guy, what he did was hold up a big placard that said, you know, Susie's a crappy mom. Her kid swears. Well, that's how she sees it, right? That's that. That's, I see it, it as look, kids swear. Get over your damn self. Well, you your see kids it that swear. Way, I... Your kid swears too. Congratulations. You're no different from any other mom or any other kid out there. And the idea that uh, you brought up this example of the homeless guy uh, handing out cigarettes or why, joints. Why is he homeless? I didn't say that. Right. Whoever. Some homeless guy, guy didn't have any money to some, pass out cigarettes and joints and some, glasses of red wine to kids in, uh, at a preschool. Right. Some creepy guy passing out uh, adult beverages and such to uh, children. Although I guess I'm not supposed to use that term, adult beverage. Alcoholic beverages uh, to why, is children. That some, uh, is that uh, licensed? No, it's not. It's not fair. To young adults and uh, and younger people that I might see. that might drink those beverages, so alcoholic beverages, uh, passing them out to kids at a preschool, clearly uh, that is you know an inappropriate thing to do. Uh, should it be something that he should be? You you mentioned he should be beaten for it. I don't know if I if I agree that you don't violence, think that a guy passing out joints, cigarettes, and glasses of red wine to four year olds at a preschool deserves some uh, some level of violence. I don't think that violence solves problems. So no, I I don't like to you know, go in I, that direction. I tend to agree, but I, that's likely what he's going to get. Oh, I would agree with you there. Like ninety nine cases dad. out of a hundred, and yeah. maybe those ninety nine cases stand as a warning to that one guy who wouldn't get beaten. No, I'm with you, Mark. I understand that it's likely that some angry father is going to uh, to administer such a uh, yeah. such a beatdown. Uh, I don't think that's the way you solve problems, though. So I would never would it be agree okay with it. to set up a um, a, a cigarette hander, uh, a guy who hands out cigarettes, joints, and uh, and glasses of wine? Would it be able to? Would it be okay to put up some kind of trap on the fence that only catches those kind of guys? 
And like that seems you know, like shears silly. their arm off. That that seems hand, pretty silly. Handing handing it over the. Uh, I think if you've got a problem with uh, with people that are loitering around your playground and you don't want them there, that you should take some sort of measure to to handle that. Whether that means putting up a privacy fence, or that's a good idea. Or you know, essentially extending out the uh, the location of where you building building on a location where you have more privacy that uh, that kind of thing i think those are ways you you solve problems without using violence but i agree with you that it's certainly tacky uh to approach people in that way i don't think that it's it's a criminal act however really because it's like Do i you said think if a you, four-year-old can make a consensual uh you know they can consent to alcohol cigarettes joints it sex. doesn't matter to me mark people have different opinions of what is and what is not appropriate for their children right so you you bring up this issue of giving things to kids well a lot of people would be upset by a child seeing a naked woman for instance mm-hmm. and some people may be upset by a child seeing a woman in a very skimpy bikini so it doesn't there's no way that you can please everybody Indeed. right and so if you've got a woman who's walking by that same preschool i'm just pointing out you've got a threshold too well i'm not it's not a violence threshold i'm not going to advocate that somebody use violence against these people if you've got uh, a woman in a bikini the a thong that is walking by this preschool there are going to be many parents that are upset about that too right uh is it appropriate to beat down the woman in the thong no, no i don't think of, so of, well of course you would of course you would say that right uh, but yeah it's it's not appropriate to do that either but it it may be as offensive to some parents, the woman in the thong as, you know, handing a, a cup of alcohol to the preschooler as well. There may be some parents who are as offended. So my point being that if your kids are going to be out in public, there's a chance they're going to see something that could be considered offensive. And the only way to really assure yourself that something like that is not going to happen to your children is to to be Johnny on the spot and make sure that they're at the right preschool with the right level of privacy and security and you know don't ever let your kids uh, see anything in public because something at some point is going to offend you as a parent and some people were making the argument uh, we had this meeting to, today with some of the the, the local uh, I, opposition is not the right word for them but folks that are critical say of some of the activists here in uh, in free keen and there's just there's just no way that you can please everybody some people are just they're they're just intolerant of what other people are uh, would like to do. For instance, uh, enjoy an afternoon in the park without your top if you're a lady. It's completely legal to do that here in Keene, New Hampshire, across New Hampshire. It's completely legal, as I understand it, uh, to be topless, both male and female. But some people get very upset about that idea that their children are somehow in danger, that they've been harmed by uh, by the you know the woman with her top off somehow whereas the man with his top off hasn't harmed anyone but the woman has harmed somebody and i think the idea that that's harmful in any way is ludicrous maybe it harmed your feelings but it hasn't done you any physical harm and it's up to you how you decide how you react to uh, to different things and so i think it's a it's a cop out to you know to put the onus on the person who's gone topless or the person who's uh, who's attempting to you know to get your kids to uh, to speak dirty things, to say na- naughty words, well, things I'll, like that? I'll tell you, I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you can can please the whole group. I remember when I was a, a kid, I worked at a comic book store. There was a comic uh, out there. I think it was called Somerset Homes or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it, on it, it it was it was an adult oriented comic in the it was aimed at adults mm-hmm. and. 
it, but it didn't contain you know nudity or anything okay. like that. It did, however, have this kind of cheesecake shot on one issue where the uh, side of a woman's breast was shown, where um, you know, like it, it looked like an intruder came into the room. She's got a gun behind her. She's topless, and she's got uh, you know just the side of her. Breast. See a little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no, no areola, no nipple, right. no anything like that, and. Uh, you know the the proprietor of the comic book store. I'd just seen it. I thought it was very interesting. Of course, I thought mm-hmm. I think women's breasts are interesting, and especially at age twelve. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And the owner, she didn't see anything wrong with this, and I I get why she didn't. You know, she had a clear d- delineation as to what is wrong and what is right to have down where kids can get it, and this didn't fit that category, so it was right on the shelf under S. And someone made an issue of of it. And a, a woman came in with her son, who was a bit younger than me, mm-hmm. and you know it was just. A, and of course, because he never gets to see anything like this, he was just right. oh look, you know, very excited mm-hmm. about being able to see the side of a woman's breast, and especially a thin one, because you know that's not what mom was. And you know the 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 fact is, she just went. Out of her mind over this. Wow! It's just out of her mind. He put, she put the comics back on the counter. You know, back on the counter. Said, "I will never shop here again. This is outrageous." It's and her responsibility. She's responsible for how she feels. She's responsible for uh, protecting, shielding her children, which I think is a ludicrous uh, thing to do because it just if you want to, the more you want to shield your kids, the less likely they are to be well adjusted, and they're not going to be able to, to get along. Uh, more coming up. Would love to have your thoughts. Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Uh, We give them to you, and uh, the features include things like our live streams. We've got broadband and dial-up versions of the show. Also, our webcam is there. Plus, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance uh, and listen 24-7 around the clock to the latest episode of Free Talk Live. It's all free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and the fun, you can bring up anything. Chris is in New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Chris. Hello, Hey, uh, I, what's want to highlight a, I want to highlight a success that I had uh, this week okay. in uh, the legal system here in New Hampshire. Um, so my wife and I got married, and we did a common law contractual marriage, a uh, stateless marriage. Oh, wow. Great. Um, in, in Vermont uh, was where the ceremony took place, though we live in New Hampshire. And um, the, she wanted her name changed because she had kind of a long, cumbersome last name, and she wanted my nice, short, four-letter last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make it more traditional, we're sort of traditional in that sense. Um, so I sent her to the DMV, armed with some knowledge that I actually got from you um, regarding a Supreme Court decision here in New Hampshire and a legal opinion by the Social Security Administration and the 
common law um, or whatever you want to call it, but it was a, you know the way to do it in, in a common law fashion. Um, and they denied her at the DMV, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything so, that anything that smacks of something different is not going to fly at the DMV very 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 easily. Exactly, and I sent her down with the with the Supreme Court stuff and the Social Security stuff, but they don't care uh, about those darn laws there. And they're not attorneys, you know. They're just your average person behind the counter, and 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 it, like you said, it's different. They're they they're, their heads are spinning. They're on the phone, and they don't know what's going on, right? So they sent her home. Uh, I I promptly jumped on the computer, typed up a nice long email, sent it to the House Judiciary Committee, my senator, my representatives, the DMV people, and the probate court, um, and fired that off and. Got the standard response from the probate court. We want your ninety dollars and to fill out this paperwork, and we'll let you see a judge. But actually, the DMV forwarded it on to their supervisors, and their supervisors actually approved it and emailed me back today. And uh, I also had a state senator involved, and he was very, very curious. This was this amazed me, and he really wants to know exactly everything that's going on. I don't know what he can do for me. Probably nothing, but. He was really genuinely concerned and wanted to help, and I think he was just curious. But I just wanted to highlight that things are happening here in New Hampshire that aren't happening anywhere. So let me see if, uh, I under- in- if I'm understanding here. You were by simply able, uh, simply by citing a certain Supreme Court case out of New Hampshire uh, that has to do with the, the name change, and I know exactly which one you're talking about because I've actually used it recently myself. Um, and I don't have the, the phraseology in, in front of it, but, but essentially says that if you're changing your name, as long as it's not for the purposes of fraud, basically, that, uh, that it's okay, uh, that, that, yes, you don't, that you don't have to go through some sort of uh, legal process in, in order to do that. And so you're saying the DMV is going to issue a license in the name that she's chosen? They did so today. Wow. Yeah. So you call that a victory. Actually, so you've got yeah. the plastic card then, and then you're good to go. And the fact that my senator was involved, so there's a little bit of inside and outside the system activism all wrapped up into one issue, and I'd say there's something here for everybody. I don't know if you're outside the system. I would say that you're probably standing for what you want, and that's great. But it sounds like everything you did was sort of inside the system. I mean, you yeah, it's it's all been legal. It's It's only relatively recently the government got into the name of into the game of taking two hundred and fifty dollars from you every time you want to change your name. Sure, it's inside the system, but it's inside the system in a way that it's not typical, right? I mean, so normally if somebody wants to change their name, they ask the government how to do that, and they go, "Oh, you got to fill out this piece of paper here and pay us ninety dollars, and you know, jump through these hoops." Uh, but if you actually know what you're doing, then you don't actually have to do those things. And it's still inside the system. It's just an unusual approach, which is my favorite kind of inside the system approach is to do things a little bit differently and not do what they what they tell you to do. Because a lot of the times when they tell you to do something, they're lying to you. Uh, they're, they're telling you what will enrich them the most. They're telling you what uh, is most beneficial toward their system and uh, their, their, their money that, they're, that they want to extract from you. Um, so sometimes the system's rules don't actually even mandate all those things. But but when they say them, and they say them in an authoritative manner, then people believe them, and they'll jump through whatever hoops they put up. Now, I actually tried to do this recently here uh, in Keene, where I sent a notice of name change to the district court, and they 
they kind of kicked it back at me. I don't have the uh, what they said back uh, in front of me at the moment to uh, to read it to you, but essentially they said that this you know this is not going to be considered a legal name change, and we'll we'll keep using your old name uh, on our documents. And I don't know what to do about that. I mean, it would require I would imagine some sort of a some sort of a lawsuit to get them to uh, to accept it. Do you have a New Hampshire driver ID? Uh, no, and I will not. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I then, because they'll take any time you give them a government piece of paper with your name on it. It doesn't matter how you got it. They'll take it. So that's the way we're doing it. But And the mm-hmm. outside the system part was our marriage. Our marriage was totally outside the system. We didn't involve the government whatsoever in I like our that. marriage, which, which was pretty cool. And, Did and you all I, drop like, a contract I, or some sort of an agreement at all, or is it just you know pretty much verbal? Yeah. Well, I paid Sovereign Star uh, down in North Carolina. She was at Pork Fest doing marriages this year. Mm-hmm. And I paid her two and a half ounces of silver to draft it for me. And she re- replied back with a bunch of questions, and she drafted it accordingly. And we worked back and forth for a couple of weeks until finally she FedExed it up with a certificate of common law marriage. And uh, we had two witnesses sign it, and I actually know a notary and had them uh, sign off on on it. And, and then the contract is ours. They did take it at the DMV and scan it. So they had it in their records in order for uh, for the name change, but there was language regarding the name change in that contract as well. Interesting. I'm glad you've had success with that, and I hope that you'll uh, you'll maybe post about it somewhere, uh, perhaps over the Shire Society forum at shiresociety.com. And I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you, Chris, at 800-259-9231. It's very interesting. You can get married without the government. You can change your name without the government. These things are possible. At least here in New Hampshire, I don't know how possible they are uh, elsewhere. Nor, nor do I. Your, your mileage may vary. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But oh, uh, one of the things they did say in the court when they responded to my notice of uh, of name change, they did acknowledge that they would ca- begin calling me by Ian Freeman instead of my old name. So, so they're going to write your your old name and you're, they're going to call you by your new name. Yeah. So I got a little bit of you know I got a little bit of mileage out of it, but uh, they, they they didn't completely embrace. And even though I cited their own Supreme Court and all of that stuff, that that didn't, uh, yeah, they don't care about that. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't care. Well, they know that uh, the free keeners aren't going to take anything. They're not going to appeal anything. So they they uh, they realize that anything that they say in their court, they're going to get away with. Well, can, can you appeal? Now this is again, I don't. I'm not an expert. Neither are you, so I don't know why I'm asking you. But uh, those of you who are listening that might know, can one appeal a decision by a judge on a motion or notice or something like that? Can't see why not. Would that then go up to the next court level? Like, I don't think this guy ruled correctly on this. Yeah, I guess it would. I wonder about that. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So there's all kinds of you know different approaches uh, going on up here in New Hampshire. Of course, this program is brought to you by the Free State Project. You want to get a, uh, you want the best chance at liberty in your lifetime? This is the place to be. Around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, we've got new people showing up. It seems like every week uh, here in New Hampshire, I would say up here in the Keene area, maybe every every few weeks, we get some uh, some new blood up here, and uh, I, I hope that we can triple our numbers in the next three years it will be absolutely awesome uh the more people we have the more activism we get the more exciting things become and the status they are so they're so bothered by this they are so upset that uh, new hampshire was chosen as the the destination for the free state project Indeed. and they are in heavy heavy denial uh my favorite post recently over at the free keen forum by one of the the detractors was that ah oh, you guys are nothing you're gonna wash away in a few years and we'll have all forgotten about you <laughs> I suppose it's possible, but uh, you know, I, I don't see that, that being very likely. 
People uh, that would yeah. pick up and move their lives for the ideas of liberty are just going to forget about it? Heavy denial on that guy's part. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I may be a little bit ambitious in thinking we could triple our numbers in three years, but, you know, I, I can hope. And you could be a part of it. Go, so go to freestateproject.org, get signed up, and uh, start making your plans to get up here and join the fun. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the features there for free. Got a lot of them, and they're uh, there for you. In fact, the main feature of the site allows you to create the content. So all the, the stuff that you see when you go to freetalklive.com in the main column was created by listeners like you, who took the time it doesn't take a lot of time, but they took the time to, when they were looking around on the internet doing their surfing, they find something they think is pretty cool, something they want to share with our listeners, or maybe they think it's pretty outrageous. Something they want to share with our listeners, they take that URL, they put it into our submit show prep form over at freetalklive.com. It pops up on the site. Other listeners then vote up or down on whether they like or dislike it, and then the most voted up make it to the front page of the site. So head over there, get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize their legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done by their lawyer. It works for plaintiffs and defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. All the talk in the world about what's wrong with liberty in America doesn't fix what the problem does uh, is. Going to court, Ken. Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231 is the number here. We were talking with Chris a moment ago. He was telling a success story that he had as he's moved here apparently to New Hampshire and his wife, uh, he got married recently and it was an outside the system marriage and they went and they, meaning they didn't get a marriage license, they didn't beg the government for permission to uh, to love each other for the rest of their lives. And I think that's that alone is good enough news, and I think that's great, and I, I hope more people will opt out of getting the government involved as a third party in their marriage. But they went a little further. They actually went and they utilized, uh, what, I guess what's called common law, uh, to essentially change their name without going through the government's permission slip process for that either. And at least here in New Hampshire, and I don't know where else, but at least here in New Hampshire, the, the own, the, their very own Supreme Court has made this decision. I actually dug up the, uh, the, the phraseology here from... Oh, this would be riveting. It's pretty short, actually. One may lawfully change his name at will without resort to any legal proceedings if the change is not made for a fraudulent, criminal, or wrongful purpose. 
That's what the Supreme Court decided. Up here. Sounds, you know, surprisingly like a very uh, sober and wise decision. Then I the social – he mentioned the Social Security Administration also had a document about it because apparently they have a whole lot of legal opinions there. And so you can uh, – citing their own documents at the federal level, statutes regulating name changes merely provide additional methods – of making such a change and do not abrogate or supersede common law, but merely affirm and aid it. Therefore, under New Hampshire law, an individual may change his or her name for any reason. Uh, under common law, a name change a name change is effectuated simply by use of the new name, and they cite Corpus Juris Secundum, Volume 65, so on and so forth. So they've got all their citations, uh, even so by the Supreme Court in New Hampshire, by the Social Security Administration's legal opinion. It is completely uh, completely legal within the system to just change your name without begging government's uh, permission for it first, and I, I think that's pretty cool. So let's talk to Wallace calling from Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Wallace. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on got some good news for you guys. Okay. Uh, maybe bad news for you, Ian. But uh, if your decision that you got from uh, the court uh, down there in New Hampshire was over 30 days, you're out of luck. But if it's under 30 days, all it takes is a half a sheet of paper uh, called the notice of appeal. You mean the decision on the motion that the, from the judge, the robe man? Yeah, the robe man. Okay. Yeah, that was within uh, 30 days. Well, all you got to do is file a notice of appeal, and if you don't have any <clears throat> excuse me, liquid assets, you can basically file for poor person for waiver of the fees, so it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, but they're going to require like bank account information and crap like that, which I'm not going to want to give. Well, you know, it's six and one half and dozen the other, and I'll give you something to, to chew on. Uh, my case up here... Uh, in Vermont, basically, where I was found th- guilty of three counts of turning my car towards a uh, postal truck, where I was found guilty of initially charged three counts of simple assault and three counts of uh, negligent driving. They sentenced, they, they uh, found me guilty by jury in March, and uh, we did some stalling, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, basically, uh, actually on the 23rd last I'm losing my brain here. On the 23rd, I was supposed to be sentenced. And the judge sentenced me, get this, three days on each charge with a year probation and a fine. Court fees totaling a little over $100. So um, they, they are, they're alleging you tried to kill someone with your car and they and they gave you three days for it? Picture, picture a 2008 Suzuki versus a, uh, a letter carrier truck. Where, the, where, of course, the driver's side's on the opposite side from a normal car. Yeah. But I steered a little bit towards him, and that's what they call negligent operation. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a public pretender, as it's called, and uh, we went through a jury trial. But uh, during the trial, at the very end, the prosecutor gets two whacks at some, summations to the jury. The prosecutor said... Uh, uh, Wallace Plank basically lied to you three different times, and uh, he told you one story, then a different story, then a third story. Fact of the matter is, and the transcripts bear it out, that I only told one story consistently, but the complaining witness, this letter carrier, told four different stories. But anyway... They still found you guilty. They still found me guilty, but as they say, it's never over till a fat lady sinks. So what does that mean? What are you doing? Well, we basically turned around and I said, I don't want want this attorney. I want a different attorney 
for purposes of sentencing. Well, we threw together a brief that would make an appeal brief look like uh, a traffic ticket. And we submitted it to the judge at the last minute so the prosecutor couldn't read it. And the judge says, I've got to think about this. So it took him four hours to, to make up his mind that he was going to sentence me and uh, to, to three days on each one, total of nine days, and uh, suspend the sentence. Hmm, okay. After he did that, we turned around and we said, okay, we want to hand up a notice of appeal. We had it all prepared. Judge says, okay, you've got to file it with my clerk. And at the same time, my attorney said, I want basically to file for a stay. Well, what think, of what happens, think of what happens down in Keene. How often have you seen a judge stay something? What does it mean, okay? uh, filing for a stay? I don't, I don't know what that means. Well, what it means is a judge for cause can basically say, well, I sentenced you to, to blah, 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 blah. I'm going to stay it pending appeal. Now, aren't sentences always stayed pending appeal? It is rare. It is super rare. I'll tell you, um, I had a friend who was in prison who got an appeal, and they just went out to the the yard, grabbed him, and threw him out the door. So, no, uh, sentences are not necessarily stayed for appeal. Up here, it seems like that's the way it is. I think that's true. Up here, it seems like that's the way it is. I've I've seen people get uh, sentenced, and then they appeal, and they're 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 just out on bail at that point. They're not out on their sentence. They're not being sentenced. Well, normally, normally, speak, normally speaking, the trial court judges don't do it. I'll tell you what, Wallace, I know there's more to your story. Hang on, we'll uh, bring you back here. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including our webcam. You can go and watch and listen to the show all for free. And it's there for you. Plus, our chat room is built into the same page, actually, so you can watch, listen, and interact with our other listeners. Over at cam.freetalklive.com, the cam is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, that, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacs, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off of list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. It's memorydealers.com. All right, we're going to continue here. Wallace is with us uh, from Vermont, a man who has spent way more time in court than I would ever want to in my life. Uh, Wallace, uh, you are telling us about an update to your story. You were accused of, uh, what was it, attempted vehicular something, or what was it? Three counts of simple assault. Simple assault. Three counts of negligent operation 
concerning three separate instances and the, in Washington uh, County, Vermont. The allegations have something to do with uh, some a postal worker believing that you were targeting him uh, in some way and that they brought these counts against you. You were found guilty. Uh, then you decided that you were going to appeal this and you filed a notice of uh, – or, or, was it a motion First for a stay? First, a notice of appeal. Yeah. And then basically a, requ- a motion for a stay. The judge took more than 24 hours to dream on it. And uh, at about uh, quarter of 12 uh, the next day, my attorney calls up and says, guess what? The judge granted your stay. It is unheard of. Usually it's the way Mark basically uh, related, where a judge says, God, you're, you're guilty as all get out, blah, 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 blah. I'm sentencing you to blah, 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 and off to jail you go. And, and then, then you have you to do your get, appeal from in jail. Is but what you're at this point, then you do your appeal from in jail. But your stay was actually a stay on a suspended sentence. So it, whether you no, got no, a, no, 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 no. The only thing that was suspended was the jail time. The second that he put his signature on his little piece of paper, and that piece of paper made it six miles away to Montpelier to motor vehicles. That would have been my driver's license for five months. I see. I see. So you would not have been able to drive for that uh, for five months. Got it. And basically, that would have marooned me. Okay. And the bottom line is that the set of papers that we put together, normally speaking, a judge, as you guys have been constantly saying, is responsible for not only decorum, where uh, you you can't do anything to to mess up the court, but basically the attorneys. And most importantly, the prosecutor can't turn around and say, you've got to believe this witness over this witness. Because once, you once you're a prosecutor and you give credibility to one witness, that basically you're dead. And in this particular case, not only should have my attorney objected, and I was poking him, I was scribbling notes, no, 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 leave me alone, leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. That's why they call them public pretenders. Why, why did anyway, you take one of them on, Wallace? I mean, you seem to know your stuff when it comes to uh, court. Why not just go ahead and, and be Wallace and not have anybody so-called because, representing be, you? Because, because the situation, Ian, and people out there is if you try to represent yourself, you've got a fool for a client. That saying goes because as basically uh, – in today's daily news, uh, attorneys bribe judges in New York City. And uh, it's the old homeboy routine. You guys have said it time and time again. These guys go out to bars and they drink together, they socialize together. And uh, what happens when an outsider that's an attorney suddenly comes on the scene? All hell breaks loose because they know that it's not the good old boy routine anymore. And when somebody like me tries to take on a, a judge, uh, they resent it. And I've had many situations in my life, uh, and like Mark, I've spent five years in state prison in New York, and I was bounced around like mm-hmm. a ping-pong ball. I don't think anybody in New York State's history ever spent the kind of uh, short time in any particular housing location or uh, facility than me. That's because you kept on filing grievances and... and, Grievances, uh, lawsuits involving grievances. If I got charged with a disciplinary thing of uh, sneezing too loud, 
I took it to court. You know, maybe things aren't as bad here in in New Hampshire. I mean, we certainly things aren't great anywhere, but maybe they're not as bad here in New Hampshire, uh, Wallace, because the, the, even the guy that uh, the the man in the robe that uh, lost his mind when it came to me not sitting down fast enough and had me thrown in a jail cell has complimented people who have uh, have not had attorneys on on how well they've the one done. thing I've heard about New Hampshire courts is that you can take uh, t- easily take things to court here yourself. Well, that- I, I totally agree with that, but the thing is that that in, as in what you said with Mark, with the guy actually had to go to prison and spend some time, and then all of a sudden being pulled out of the yard, that's the usual case. Yep. And when a judge turns around, the trial judge now stays something that is a super rarity, and it's usually an indication that he knows that he screwed up. So what's next for you, Wallace? Well, we filed the appeal. And here in Vermont, there's two more levels. There's a superior court, which basically is like the superior court on Court Street in in Mm -hmm. Keene. Here in Vermont, there's a district court, which is where I had my trial. So with the superior court, they can turn around and say, well, uh, A, this guy had ineffectual assistance of counsel, uh, the, the prosecutor was engaged in prosecutor misconduct. We're going to throw it out. And if they go that far, because there's what they call double jeopardy, unlike a, a typical situation where you have a, a trial going on and the jury can't reach a verdict, they reached a verdict. Mm-hmm. Okay? They threw out. The judge dismissed two of the simple assault charges. Don't ask me why he didn't do it the third. The third one, basically, the jury came back and said, nah. <laughs> Uh, a Suzuki against a mail truck is not not even coming close. It's like turning around, taking your pinky, and swinging in front of somebody. You know, uh, that's what one of the jurors told my attorney. My attorney that <clears throat> screwed up. But the bottom line is that that uh, they can't try me again because double jeopardy attaches. That's if they th- if the judge throws it out. If the superior court guy throws it out. Well. If the superior court, I get two bites at the apple. I got two more bites coming. Mm-hmm. I got the superior court uh, in, in terms of the ineffectual assistance of counsel, the prosecutor of misconduct, and, and what have you. And I'm also challenging the vague, vagueness of the statute because, as you can appreciate, simple assault, you know, it's supposed to be where you take a baseball bat and swing at somebody, or you take your fist and you swing and you miss. It's called simple assault. Mm-hmm. But when you have a, a brand-new Suzuki, and this happened last year, so this car maybe had about 600 miles on it at the time, I'm going to take a brand-new Suzuki against a mail truck. You tell me who's going to come out ahead. You Are they alleging me, that you hit the mail truck or that you just kind of swung swung by it? That, swung towards him. Swung and, towards him. But, but actually, in reality, it was to avoid potholes. Ah, and I was right. like 75 feet away from this guy. You were but, 75 feet away from him when you swung towards him, and that's what, uh, yeah, what freaked yeah, yeah, him yeah. out? Yeah, and of course the mail truck is going maybe 10 miles an hour, and I'm going maybe 15, 20 miles an hour at the most. So their their suggestion was that uh, it was your intention to intimidate this guy, and that yep. therefore you were charged with simple assault. Some uh, some mail, mail carrier did about $3,500 damage to my lawn and shrubbery. And I don't know who it was. It could have been this guy. It could have been another guy. I filed a claim. They settled the claim. And then basically, uh, then they said, we're not going to deliver your mail because it's too dangerous. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, Wallace, let us know what happens, will you? Uh, it's, uh, it's been a case we've been kind of following here off and on as you've uh, called in about it, and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259. Yep, yep. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Wallace Nolan uh, from Vermont, he likes to, uh, it's like his hobby to uh, file lawsuits and things like that <laughs> against the government. <laughs> More coming up. You take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. show is Free Talk Live. It is called that because you are allowed to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a lot of features. They're free, including our news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get on our various lists. Uh, the same information goes to both places. The, the best place to go is the email list. You can go, again, you can get on it, news.freetalklive.com. You get on our email updates list. That's going to give you the most detail, uh, and it's going to guarantee that you get it. There's also Twitter and Facebook. You know, unless you're really watching those like a hawk, you're probably going to miss some things. You're not going to get all the detail because, what, Twitter's like 140 characters. So we really have to boil everything uh, down to its essence there. So get whatever version of information suits your habits the best over at news.freetalk.com. Live.com. As we continue with your calls, Craig is listening in Kentucky. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Hey, super, Craig. What's on your mind? Um, probably uh, it was around December, the end of December, we'd discussed um, what I thought to be uh, possible bank fraud. And you're going to have to refresh my memory. Okay. Um, my grandmother passed away, and um, she had some accounts in a bank, and... Um, it, it didn't look right to begin with when I when we started checking, and um, the uh, people at the bank um, said one story, but uh, the paperwork uh, told a different story. Recently, I found uh, I just wanted to update on this. But recently, I found some more information: uh, income tax schedule B form. You report your uh, unearned income. Okay. The interest that my grandmother had uh, drew on her accounts at this bank wasn't proportional to the amount of money in the account. Mm. Meaning she should have had more interest? No, meaning she should have had more money in the account. She had uh, the interest, um, she drew She drew um, about $1,500 worth of interest, and she had about half the money that she should have had proportionally to that interest. Now, why do you think that is? Cause the that's, because some, that's because I believe that something happened to the money, and that's... The reason I'm bringing this up is um, I just, um, if it would help anybody else, don't, when you have a problem, you try to do everything you can to get it in court right then, because if you don't, somebody has a chance when they stonewall, they have a chance to doctor the books. Yeah. And mm. the chances are that you'll never be able to clear it up because they'll 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 rig their, their own uh, um uh, but information at the bank, and that's what I'm afraid is going to happen here. Well, oh boy. It, 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 when you take something to court, it's still, it still it takes forever to get it done. So why wouldn't the bank be able to doctor their books then? Well, um, because if you give, they've got a head start, and that's the best way I know how to put it. If you give somebody a chance, that's like playing somebody a game of cards, and they've got a marked deck. 
you know they 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 can dictate the whole game and that's what's i believe that's what's about to happen here but um so you think the bank is going to come back and say oh well, i don't know what they're talking about they're mistaken uh here are here's our information and uh and the, the court's going to pa- essentially pass pass on it i believe that the court that uh, this will be very lucky to ever make it to the court systems because even though i'm co-executor of this estate and even though i have power of attorney um, my mom gave me a pair of attorney to help her and, and to administer her business to help her. She, they still tell me that I may have to have a subpoena to get any type of records pertaining mm. to this. Mm. And uh, you know, if uh, if there wasn't a problem, they would they would produce some type of a, a, an account, a state a statement telling everybody where this money has went to. But instead, they stonewall. And um, that was the point I wanted to make. If you have problems, try to get it straightened out. Was this a, like a big corporate bank, a local kind of sh- a smaller area bank? Well, no, this is a this is actually a larger bank, and I won't I won't uh, mention any names because I don't want to make accusations. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm correct about this, but still, I just I want to make absolutely certain before I say anything. But this is a larger bank. Yes, it is. Hmm. And so you believe that they? Uh, what do you think they did with the money? I mean, was it? Do you think it was just an error, or that uh, well, that they did something on purpose? Well, you remember um, when we discussed this um, this whole um, um, the subject on the banks were um, where was the, where was the money going in the United States, and all the money is being sucked out of the United States. And I believe, and I honestly believe this, that um, they have taken certain accounts. My grandmother was 84 years old, and I believe they thought that my, my mom had to mention. I believe they thought that they would never be any more mentioned about this, and ever who did this thought that. And um, so I, I couldn't say for certain where the money went, but I know that um, supposedly none of the family got the money. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, thank you for the call and the uh, the update tonight at 800 259. Thank you. Yep, yes, sir. 800 259 9231. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when you can't trust a bank, then what are you going to do? You are you're out of options, right? I mean, unless you've got some darn good proof of uh, of what has occurred. Generations past, I didn't trust them. You know, they kept their money in a mattress for a mm-hmm. reason. Let's continue here with your thoughts about whatever you want. George is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, George. What's up, homies? Love what's, the show. What's on your mind tonight, George? Hey, uh, I'm I'm contemplating moving out there to New Hampshire, but uh, the issue is for me is is the housing situation. Like here in Illinois, like a landlord will not rent to you unless you're on some sort of government aid. They've got all sorts of housing schemes going on. Do you have a lot of that going on up there? I I wouldn't know. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a landlord. But I'd say I, no. I mean, I've never heard of it. And I there know are people welfare. Rent. There are welfare houses up here, um, and I'm sure some landlords will take money from government as far as payment for rent um but I, as far as it being a lot of it up here I, I i don't know there's no evidence of it that i know of oh you guys are lucky well because here in, in illinois like they've got like the housing and urban development is like the biggest employer in the region i live in so everybody except me of course because i have a real job everybody is on some sort of housing yeah, you there's know, a. I would think I would think that you would find a world of difference between Illinois, which is one of the largest uh, police states, biggest governments out there in this country, and Certainly. New Hampshire. Well, I'm I'm just got to give my uh, fiance. I'm trying to convince her to move out there, and then I'll be out there. That yeah, that's, is the tricky part. That is it? a tricky one. <laughs> hey, here's an idea. Here's an idea. How does she feel about the ideas of liberty? 
Oh, she's uh, she's with me 100. percent Oh, okay. Well, uh, the, the well, we did have the very first ever the historic Lady Talk Live last night, where uh, Stephanie and Carla and Antigone were all here in studio, all three female hosts for the very first time ever on Free Talk Live. It was uh, it was great. The most I heard most of the show, and it was very good. Uh, so I'm thinking that that might end up being a real good recruiting tool for some of the ladies out there that are are maybe a little uncertain about uh, a move to New Hampshire. Uh, uh, presuming she might enjoy the company of women, not, not all women do. But uh, do, do you think that would would help? Maybe given her the, I, that episode I to think, listen to. I, I think that I think that would help okay. a whole lot. And I, another thing is, I mean, is there is there some like a lot of private sector jobs out there because here like our government the government is the biggest employer here in new hampshire the ratio of regular people to government bureaucrats is as i understand it the lowest of all the 50 states wow so there are fewer government bureaucrats here uh compared to the regular folk than in other places does that make sense Makes a lot of sense. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Yeah, there you go. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. You can head over to uh, freestateproject.org. Get 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. There's a really handy little, I think it's a PDF they've got there that's just packed full of useful information about what it's like up here. And it was a real persuading uh, factor for me in choosing New Hampshire. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... I, I I can see that um, you know some people might be uh, think that New Hampshire is supposed to be the free state, and it's not free yet, but... It is a lot more free, likely, than any place that you live, especially if you live in New York, California, Illinois, Louisiana, Rhode Island, um, some of these very big government corrupt states. Um, you know, we, we, we have the opportunity to kind of look and see how things may be changing for the better here in New Hampshire. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there are certainly some problems. Some places around the country in some areas are more free than others. Like, you know, there's a little more marijuana tolerance in uh, places like California or yeah. Massachusetts. Um, and, you know, we're you hopefully can smoke pot while they take all your money in taxes. But we're moving in the right direction, I think, on that one. The the Even the inside-the-system marijuana changes have been gaining momentum over the last several years since the uh, the liberty activists or the New Hampshire or the Free Staters arrived on the scene. And I think that's going to be that's going to be changed relatively soon um and of course more people coming here just means more things happening and more exciting changes uh, on the horizon so the sooner the sooner you can get here the better it's going to be really and i'm glad uh, i'm glad i moved when i did and i'm glad i didn't wait any longer than i waited and it's been huge changes mark it's now been nearly four years this coming weekend labor day weekend uh will be our four-year anniversary here in new hampshire doesn't seem like it is it time been flying for you? No, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's been four years. But. It seems like a lot has changed, actually, in four years. The activism up here is even better now than it's been. The people here are so wonderful. It's something you don't want to miss out on. Go to freestateproject.org, learn more about it, and get on board. See you here uh, shortly. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you. Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants, and they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. 
Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll free. Bring up whatever you want. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, which include our webcam. You can go and watch and listen and chat. You can listen in on VR live streams. Enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners. We give it all away for you over at freetalklive.com. But it's thanks to our Free Talk Live amplifiers for making a lot of this possible, for helping really get the word out about Free Talk Live to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as we possibly can. It's thanks to listeners like you for becoming an amplifier at as little as three bucks a month. You get perks and you can learn more about those perks and the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Continuing to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. John is in New Hampshire on the AMP lines. Hello, John. Hey, Ian. Hey. I was listening to the podcast uh, last week. And, hey, Mark. Uh, hey. You were talking about your hugging squad, and uh, Mark points out you can't even say hello without sounding condescending in some instances. <laughs> yeah, the police hugging squad, apparently that's condescension. Well, it, it's a heck of a leap, but I think you could transform this, if you were willing to actually take other people's advice, into the, he does, peace, he doesn't do that, John. <laughs> into the peace officer thanking squad. Basically, if you continue to thank the police officers who act as peace officers instead of law enforcement officers or cops or police officers, you get them into the mind frame of acting as peace officers instead of any of the former thing. Yeah, we've actually done that. We've actually uh, written uh, blog posts, uh, you know, as I recall, uh, talking about when the police do something right uh, in kind of a, a peace officer role. Uh, so I think that has been done to uh, to some extent. What do you got against hugging? Wait, wait a second. Um, I'd, I'd like to jump in here if I could. I, I remember you telling a story about uh, a police officer I happen to know here in Keene. His name's Steve, and uh, he was he came over and he was talking to you guys while you're doing your uh, your, your your drinking thing uh, nightcap, and. I guess you – I don't remember exactly what, but basically he said you know, he felt like he had to do something regarding it. And you're like, hey, everybody who wants Steve to go back to, to, to checking door handles, walking around uh, Central Square. Now, this is something you want him to do, but it just sounded so condescending when you said, hey, why don't you go check some, some door handles around here, pal? You know, it just didn't – it didn't Were sound – Were you there? I, I was listening to your – the way you related it. I, w- I was not there. Ah, uh, Okay. Well, um, well, yeah, I mean, Ian, on, on so, the point of uh, if you stick your hand out and offer to shake somebody's hand and he refuses, he looks like a jerk. Yes. If you say, I want to give you a hug and he refuses, you look like a jerk. <laughs> so it's about perception. I look like uh, a jerk for offering a hug to somebody. Actively thanking police officers for being peace officers without them actually having demonstrated that. 
you're just putting out there, thank you, I assume you're a peace officer. And, and enough people start doing that, maybe they'll start acting as peace officers again instead of the other ones. And we have a much lower bar here in New Hampshire because mo- many of the police officers actually do think of themselves as peace officers. So you want to reinforce that good-thinking behavior among these guys because, you know, they are at the, your little Well, doesn't that presume uh, that they know what – wait a minute. Doesn't that presume that they know what being a peace officer means as opposed to being a law enforcement officer? Well, I mean, if they say, what do you mean by that, that gives you an opportunity to explain what you mean by being a peace officer. Well, I think, I think you're right. Many of them presume that they are peace officers when, in point of fact, they are not operating as peace officers most of the time. Uh, when they're pulling people over for piddly little crap on, uh, on the, you know, the roads, like speeding or not stopping at a stop sign, they're not operating as peace officers. They are operating as law enforcement officers. And the difference being a peace officer exists simply to keep the peace, to, uh, to end a violent conflict as safely as possible and to remove uh, the individual from a scene of such conflict uh, to restore the peace, whereas a law enforcement officer is going out and uh, enforcing the various different laws that the t- legislators have uh, have attached to him and demanded that uh, that he enforce. So wouldn't it make more sense to, uh, to, to point out to the officer when they are doing the right thing or when you hear about them doing something that is of a peace officer nature rather than just saying, thanks for being a peace officer? That may just result that you know result in them con, uh, coming to the conclusion that well what I do is a peace officer all day and all you know all day and all night and that's not true. Well, I mean that can be the start of a conversation that will progress better than saying do you want a hug, um, which is my point. You can actually start talking with them and explain them what you mean by you know being a peace officer. You can work up a little elevator speech uh, as you do this, uh, but you know you. If you just start going around saying, I want to give you a hug, there's not very many ways you can do that unless you have uh, a better figure than you, Sebi, and uh, that, that doesn't look weird and creepy. You think it's creepy to offer another human being a hug? See, this is what's so backwards about you guys, man. Who's I mean, you guys? What, you and Mark. What? <laughs> Mark, I'm, you got a I'm problem telling you the social implications. Look, I think you should hug as many people as want to give you hugs. I'm just telling you that there's social implications behind hugging that uh, you know that just don't uh, that, that that don't <laughs> that don't make you look serious or good or uh, or right. Wow. In the hugging head. doesn't make you look good. What are you talking and, about? And, yeah. and hey, you know you a person, like and you are happy to see them, you give them a hug. But if you're talking to people you barely know and say, do you just want a hug, Mr. Stranger? Well, our, basically our culture doesn't support that sort of thing. Maybe it should, but you know, you've got a long road to hoe on that one. Well, I've gotten hugs from police officers before. So, uh, you know. How'd Meg do comparatively? She did get one from uh, the superintendent. Better. She gets lots more hugs yeah. than you do. You guys like her. Her hug to uh, asking ratio is sig- significantly higher. Well, yeah, it makes that, sense, that, right? That bear, She's a pretty right, girl. It bears out the the, the the statement that John was making. <laughs> Thanks, John, for the call. I appreciate it. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Look, I understand that some men are too manly to give another man a hug. If that's what you're getting at, uh, the idea that it's somehow creepy. Uh, for me to ask for a hug, it's not like I'm squeezing their butt cheeks. Look, when I'm... I know that creepy is it, it's it's the death knell. I get it. I understand. Uh, if if somebody's called creepy, it just destroys uh, sort of uh, you know uh, culturally to to some extent what it is that they're they're out there trying to do. But that's how it's perceived. 
You know, I'm not saying it's right, Ian. I'm not saying it's fair. You should be all the cops should be ready to give you hugs. After all, you pay their their salaries. That's another good point. But I don't make that one when I'm going around doing it. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's just the way it is. It's just, you know, it's just creepy. Hmm. Well, obviously, not all of them think that because I've gotten hugs from some. Or at least weird. Maybe it's not creepy. It's weird. OK, it's unusual. Yeah. yeah, it's unusual for human beings. And this, I think, is a sad statement. It is unusual for human beings to engage in such affectionate, um, appreciative behavior as hugging one another, even hugging uh, complete strangers. You know, uh, there's a, where I learned the police hugging squad from was a, a guy on YouTube, Charlie Veach. It's an interesting character who is kind of uh, influential in, in a number of ways on some of the things going on here. He kind of started really making megaphoning uh, fairly popular, I think, among some, some of the activists here. And also he came up with the police hugging squad, at least as far as I know, unless he borrowed the idea from someone else. But uh, he has had wonderful success uh, with this. And sure, a lot of people say a lot of people say no. A lot of the cops say no, but some of them say yes. And success would be quantifiable. And when he's in a group of uh, when he's a group of people, sometimes he'll uh, encourage them all to hug one another, hug strangers that are nearby. And believe it or not, they give each other hugs. So it's not maybe you're saying it's only here in the United States, but not so much in the UK, because that's where he's doing it. It's in London. Necessarily. I certainly don't know what things are like in the UK from Mm -hmm. a uh, societal standpoint when it comes to hugs. They're pretty similar, as I understand. That, as far as Western culture, maybe I don't know, um, but the you know I yeah I mean you're dealing with a segment of the population that's going to consider themselves a little extra manly, right? Mm-hmm. Cops, and you're asking them for essentially to step out of that manhood role and to give you a hug. And what's the reason? Like, what do they benefit? What, what's the, the what's the good reason to give feels you a hug? Good, because it whom? feels good. It doesn't feel it doesn't good feel to give a, good give a hug? if you don't if you're if you're you're not successfully stepping out of the role. It doesn't feel good. It feels weird. Mm. It's uncomfortable. You're asking them to do something that's uncomfortable. Well, to sometimes them. things that are worth doing, you have to step out of your comfort zone in order to do that. Who them. are you to speak for these guys? Whether it feels good or not, whether it is going to feel good ever. Well, I don't look, Mark. I'm just telling you that's how it feels to me, right? To give someone a hug is a, a positive thing. I see it as a positive thing. And if you want to grow as a person, then you usually have to step out of your comfort zone to do that. So I'm giving them the opportunity to grow personally. 1-800-259-9231 and show a little bit of appreciation and love to their fellow human beings. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy features like our news updates, the Shrine of Female listeners, and more. We give it all away to you, so enjoy them over at freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we've uh, talked about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency. Now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. 
there's there's just a bunch of them over there. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds. And you can go over there and you can check these. These are common uh, items that you can check against any other company that might sell gold and silver. That way you can get the best rate. And on top of getting the best rate, you'll be helping Free Talk Live uh, and Midas Resources, the one who syndicates us, and yourself by getting in your hands uh, precious metals that you can uh, you know, use as a hedge against inflation or whatever it is that you believe uh, is going to be the best reason to get them. It's gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. All right. We're going to continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to David in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, David. What's on your mind tonight? I was just going to interject an encouraging word towards the police hugging. Okay. Um... When you, when P, I mean, we all know what the police do that's not good and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so we could definitely do our best to discourage that kind of behavior. But when, I don't know, for me, I don't know. And I was also thinking about, <laughs> you know, for the onlooker, like if somebody sees somebody hugging a cop, like a kid or any, really anybody, and... I don't think that would be a bad thing for them to see that. I've taken a little bit of heat uh, before for for doing the police hugging squad. Uh, I I gave one cop a hug or offered him. I don't remember if I got it. I offered a hug and and some some young guy, probably nineteen years old, was walking the same direction as uh, walking towards me as uh, as I was doing that, and he made some sort of snide comment about hugging cops. So he he didn't like it very much, but I think it's because he didn't like cops and he didn't think the cops deserved uh, to be hugged. Well, in 19, you know, a young, uh, that age is, I would I oh, yeah. definitely see that. I'd have felt the same way at age 19. I uh, completely understood where he was coming from. But I didn't let his opinion of what, uh, how, how bad cops were affect my uh, continuing to offer them uh, hugs. Yeah, I think it's good. I, I actually, I wouldn't do it, but I think it's, I mean, I couldn't do it. It's not that I wouldn't, I couldn't. You couldn't do it, even if one did actually say you have one arm. Even if one of the, <laughs> I just, I just can't see myself doing it because I just have, I just have such bad vibes towards cops. Well, usually one arm's all you need for a cop hug. You're not going to get in there with a real like. <laughs> you're not going to get in there with a real embrace, right? The, the cops you know? are only doing the Christian side hug. It's not quite a side hug. You, you can come. You're coming in from the front like a like a real hug. You just have but, too much gear. Well, no, it's just it's. You know, you're not going to get real close and uh, and intimate necessarily uh, with oh, like. A, hope not. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need to have. You have both to have the arms. other arm to hold your video camera. What, what, what exactly is the reason? No, it's not but, about I mean, it's publicity. It's a positive thing. It's a positive thing. Yeah. I mean, a hug is a positive thing. Thank and you, David. It is a positive thing, and you know. I'm glad we somebody all know gets the it. Negative things that cops, you know, that he exactly. that are equated with cops. It's it, giving you know. them something positive to to something that is uh, you know positive in their lives, in their daily life of this hell of dealing with criminals uh, frequently and uh, and maybe, like I said before, if, if they if they get a hug or or even if they're offered a hug, maybe that'll be enough to uh, to make their make them change their behavior a little bit later on in the day, and they they won't arrest somebody who doesn't deserve to be arrested, or they uh, will let somebody go instead of giving them a ticket. And you never know what kind of an, of an effect a, a positive thing like a hug might have on somebody. Thanks, David. Anything else you want to share? No, that's all. Thanks all right. Appreciate a lot. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I'm sure they don't interpret it as, a, as an opportunity you're taking to take their weapon away from them or something like that. 
I suppose if they were really paranoid, they could, you know, <laughs> they could think about that. So do you, do you step down to the, the cop uh, handshaking squad if the hugging doesn't work? Yeah, usually we'll offer a, a handshake. And, <laughs> well, that's so good. usually they will, usually they will offer the handshake. Yeah, I'm sure. Anything as, uh, to get out of it. So. As an alternative. And it's pretty rare that I don't get offered a handshake uh, as an alternative, but sometimes that happens too. Do they ever pull out the uh, the, 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 the the that alcohol goop stuff to uh, kill germs like right in front uh, of they you? They love that stuff. No, they don't, they don't do that. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231-Let's continue with Mark in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, can you you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, well, I just want to make a. I was going to ask you guys something first. I want to make a statement first. I wouldn't say they're okay. I mean, ninety. Obviously, they got a really, really bad name right right now, right here in Indianapolis. For who the cops? For, yeah, for a lot of reasons. There's, oh, there's yeah, a lot of like trouble the, with them. The drunk cop that uh, ran into those people and killed yeah. killed a motorcyclist. Yeah, I'm really surprised he's, he doesn't get like promoted, sent to another department, and promoted. Um, I'd say ninety to ninety five percent of what they do is bad, right? Mm. I mean, pulling over innocent speeders, enforcing the war on drugs. I don't know. It seems that way from our perspective. I don't know if it's fair to make a statement like that. I think the right. best way to that handle that would be to go on a ride along and spend some time with them and see what a day in a cop's life is like. You know, I think there's a world where uh, speeding, you know, there's there's a point when speeding is dangerous. It's reckless behavior. And I will agree with you that most speeding is uh, is, is basically the, the bureaucrats have set the, the limits too low in order to just catch people. I've decided... I'm just not going to give extra. I'm not going to give the bureaucrats an opportunity to to extract extra money from me. So I pretty much stick to the speed limit these days, just because. Well, you know, the the real advantage. I, I really well, they won't love, extract money from me. I won't pay. I love getting in front of a cop and going the speed limit because you know he just wants to go ten miles an hour over just like yep. anybody else does, mm-hmm. and it just irks the crap out of them. And I love uh, coming to a full and complete stop, letting the car rock back when I've got a cop behind me um, at a uh, stop sign because it just shows how ludicrous stop signs can be. The idea that you come into a full complete stop, look both ways once, twice, and then back. Uh, you know, these are the, I get a little joy out of this. So, yeah, I do too. Yeah, I like um, yeah, I like going the speed limit. And, like they'll follow me for a few blocks or whatever, a little ways, and I'll go the speed limit, and make a complete stop, and they'll like uh, shake their head, kind of, I don't know, cuss at themselves, whatever, then make a turn and go bother someone else. So, yeah. in other words, you are getting joy out of your own obedience. Hey, I guess you better get it yeah. where you can, right? Yeah, Mark? it is pretty thick. Well, it's I'm show, what I'm doing is I'm showing the law enforcement officers just how stupid so many of the laws it is that they enforce are. Like these you think laws, that's what they think about it when they see you do that? I don't know what they think. Okay, I think they, so you don't know I what you're showing the, them. I think what they think is this guy's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, who would follow the law? Yeah, it's true. I got pulled over once after I was going the su- suggested speed around a curb down in Sarasota, Florida. They had those yellow, they had those yellow signs up that I didn't know. I, I, I never learned that the yellow sign meant that it's suggested. You don't have right. to go that speed. I didn't know that. I was 17, and uh, and I went around that uh, that sign, and he pulled me over shortly thereafter because he thought I was drunk. Because I must have been drunk had I been going because I was going the suggested speed around. It was a fairly, you know, dangerous curve, a fairly uh, sharp curve. Anyway, Mark, anything else you want to share? Yeah, um, I had a question. What would you guys say is the um, difference between anarcho-capitalism and voluntarism? Good question. We'll answer it in a moment. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. What is the difference between anarcho-capitalism and voluntarism? I think there is a big difference, and uh, we'll share it here in moments. 
You can also bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Antiwar.com, your source for anti-war news and views for 15 years, is having its quarterly pledge drive. Strike a blow against the empire and give to antiwar.com. Just go to antiwar.com slash donate. Uh, they also have a telephone number there at that same page. That is all you have to do is go to antiwar.com slash donate. And this is brought to you by Jason Osborne. Speaking of uh, antiwar.com, Mark, you've got a, a story here that ties in with that subject in that Iraq, there's a situation uh, developing there with some... I guess major waste. We'll talk about that here in a moment, but I want to make sure we answer Mark's question uh, that he asked right before we went to the break there. His question was, what's the difference between an anarcho-capitalist and a voluntarist? Do you want to field this one, Mark? Um, sure, I'll, I'll jump in. An anarcho-capitalist, I suppose. <sighs> well, I don't, I, you know, I... I, I... I don't think there's a lot of difference philosophically, but I think that there's a, a lot of difference sort of positionally. And if you claim to be an anarcho-capitalist, you're claiming to know what the um, you know the term capitalist means. And I don't think that you can define it for everybody because it's been so vilified. And um, also, you know, you're claiming to be able to define the word anarchist, and there are people that believe entirely the opposite as to what those uh, those terms mean so taking two terms that have you know as far as i'm concerned two terms that are just completely corrupted and lost and using them as the basis of your uh, you know peaceful uh, coexistence kind of philosophy is well it's not a great it's not a great piece of pr i think there's a big difference uh, and i would not have answered it in that fashion i think the difference is an anarcho capitalist is making a very de- definite statement uh, about well, like you said, Mark, a lot of people don't understand what capitalism is. It has this connotation. I wouldn't of, propose to know what the uh, what, what the definition of capitalism is. True, I don't. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, these days it seems to mean corporatist uh, that that you're somehow this uh, this villain who uh, is using people and taking advantage, and you you know kind of buddying up with the government to uh, to screw people over, etc. But if you just were to take the old definition of capitalism, where it's uh, you know an economic system, a certain method of uh, using capital to what invest, and then I don't really even know what it means either, Mark. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point. Uh, but yeah, capitalism has something to do with it. It's an economic system of uh, of using your your money in a certain way. 
And I think that probably should pull up a dictionary definition of it. But I'm blathering here. Uh, so I think that when you're saying anarcho-capitalist, you're making a very definite uh, statement about a certain type of economic organization that you support, a la capitalism. And, of course, the term anarchism has all of its baggage attached to it as well. So I agree with you that far. I agree with what right. you're saying. And but I, I may think not that even – because I may not even support the ideas of capitalism to their, their nth degree or something like that. And one would assume that's what a capitalist is. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily feel that way. I, I think that there's a lot of good ideas that uh, many of the people on the progressive side um, you know, have. I just think that their economic system and their system for getting there is what is messed up. And I think that the idea of an anarcho-capitalist is probably most offensive to, uh, you know, to, to people on the left because you're using that capitalist term. Um, you know, people on the right yeah. certainly wouldn't like the term anarchist. So, I mean, it just... I cringed when somebody mentioned the term anarcho-capitalist to describe themselves today during our meeting with people that were would consider themselves perhaps on the left. Right. Uh, I'm neither one of these things. I yeah. mean, I'm just not going to use the term anarchist I or will, capitalist. To I like myself. the term voluntarist personally. Uh, and here's the definition of capitalism that I pulled up when you were talking: uh, an economic system in which investment in and ownership of the means of production, distribution, and exchange of wealth is made and maintained chiefly by private individuals or corporations. Well, so, certainly, I, I agree go. nothing with uh, chiefly or corporations. Uh, I think it should be the the means of production should be owned in, in its entirety by private individuals or groups of individuals, um, and it should have nothing to do with incorporation. Um, you know, I, I don't think incorporation can exist in the marketplace. Yeah, right, people, it requires the government to be around. Yeah, people can get together, but the idea that they would uh, somehow uh, slough off the responsibility for their actions, which is what corporations are designed to do, I find reprehensible. Prehensible. Um, I think you can loan money to someone and not be responsible with what they do uh, with it. And I think that that's how the, the stock market would redesign itself. Not necessarily – you wouldn't necessarily buy shares from someone. You'd, you'd essentially lend the money. Now, now, that was the definition of capitalism. The definition of capitalist is a person who has capital, especially extensive capital, invested in business enterprises. So, of course, definition number two, an advocate of capitalism, which I suppose is probably more accurate for the term anarcho-capitalist, because a lot of the anarcho-capitalists that I know, uh, poor. Uh, they don't have jack. <laughs> so, um, so to be, to back to the question of what is the difference, um, I think that anarcho-capitalist is making a very definitive statement about a certain type of economic organization that right. one supports, whereas voluntarist, to me... Uh, that means I just support human beings interacting on a consensual basis. Right, and that it makes it, no more statement. It boils it down to the. It boils it down without adding baggage to it. Um, Correct. You know, when you when you use the term anarchist, I mean, just uh, when you use that term anarchist, you're, you're drawing up in throwing. someone's mind. Right, a, a bomb thrower. When you use the term capitalist, you bring up in many people's minds an evil person that yeah. will do anything to get a dollar, exploiting, uh, etc. And, and you know why would you why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I like. Don't Calling know. yourself a cannibal, a cannibalistic Satanist, right? The and saying, whoa, whoa, not that kind. I'm not talking about eating people right. and and worshiping Satan. No, uh, no, it's humanism, <laughs> right? Uh, so, but yeah, but when you use the term voluntarist, the worst, the worst confusion that I have encountered with this, and and it's, I have, I haven't been using voluntarist as as long as I used voluntarist, but I think the worst confusion that you will encounter with either of those terms would be. So you think everything should be voluntary? You want to volunteer for everything? So you or? want everybody to volunteer? You know yeah. that's not going to work. Right, right. Well, I mean, least, that's, that's I, a lot easier to get right. away from than you want to blow things up and, right. and hurt people. I'd rather people. be considered uh, naive than, than evil. 
So, uh, so the answer is a voluntarist is a is a statement about how human beings should interact on a voluntary, consensual basis, and that's where the that's where that that's where that ends. So, if you want to be a communist, then as long as you're doing it voluntarily. As long as you and your other communist brethren are getting together on a consensual basis and entering into your own agreement on your own, you know, commune and doing your thing, psh, by all means, man. Maybe, maybe you can show the world that this is a, an economic system that works yes. when it's done voluntarily. Maybe you can somehow, somehow uh, you know, step over all the failures that, uh, that life has uh, heaped at the door of communism and you can make it work. And I would love to see that. Maybe, man. Some people claim that they have had successful communes. And maybe that's because they've been done voluntarily. Maybe because they have people who – I don't know where they are, but I've heard about them. Right. I've heard they exist. Maybe it's because all of the people – on that commune have come to an agreement to live in that certain fashion. Right, Who could I, disagree with that? Right, I, Why would I tell them that capitalism is better? Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't live that way. You should live this way. I don't care how you live. Just leave me alone. Why would you try to convince them? I mean, even if you're not trying, it wouldn't, wouldn't propose to tell them how to live. Why would you try to use terminology that they're going to find abhorrent to try yeah. to convince them? Yeah. So it's to me, I think there's a huge difference. Uh, you, you could be a voluntarist and also be a communist. You could be a voluntarist and also be a capitalist. You could be a voluntarist. You could be a voluntarist and, and be anything that doesn't yeah. propose using force, violence, right. guys with guns, or your own gun to get what you want. Yeah. And people can get on board with that. So I hope that answered the question for Mark. I think that it's been a long time, me coming to this point of, of right. being a voluntarist. Right. And, and I, I might embrace very it well, fully. I might very well fit into the very fringe, the voluntar- voluntarist category in the sense that I believe that the, probably the best form of government out there is a sort of limited republic where, uh, you know, or at least that's the one we're going to move to most readily. But I'm not, what I'm not willing to do, what I'm willing to let people do is secede from that, or, that, uh, that organization, that state. And do what they want on their own property or groups of properties together. I'm not willing to send in men with guns to force them to pay taxes. And at that point, I guess that makes me a voluntarist. More coming up here with your thoughts. In the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line to control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in at 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And we'll give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy them. And if you want to help support the show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profits. It's the same Amazon, same awesome prices, free super saver shipping deals, and more. A uh, huge selection. You know Amazon. It's just you're entering through our link, which means that they give us credit for you doing the shopping there. So head over through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. Let's go to Eric listening in Washington. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. 
Yeah, uh, when defining capitalism and communism, uh, you certainly don't want to let communists define those terms because uh, they'll be defined illogically. But if we use logic to define those terms, we can, uh, you know, consider that those terms are opposites from each other. So uh, capitalism uh, being a system without wealth redistribution, communism being a system with wealth redistribution. Well, you mean forced wealth redistribution. Well, you can't redistribute anybody's wealth without force. Well, that's not wealth true. Wealth gets redistributed all the time. I can uh, when volunteer. I, when to... I go to a blackjack table and I slap down twenty bucks, my wealth is being redistributed to the house. I can chances are good I'm not right. Win. No, you're 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 uh, participating in a game. You're you're. you're... I can voluntarily choose you, to. You distribute... sound like a serial definer. I can voluntarily <laughs> choose to distribute my wealth in whatever way I damn well deem fit. And that would absolutely can, be considered wealth redistribution. Money, yeah, you can spend your money on whatever you want, but when you when what you produce is being extracted from you, uh, basically to to non-producers, then you have crossed the line into communism. Well, Eric, extracted I- from you connotates force. And uh, it's not necessarily that well, uh, one has to use we, force we, to be We believe the same things, Eric, and we disagree on this. I don't this. know if we believe the same well, things. Well, simil- similar things. I mean, he's talking about capitalism. And- this is the guy who called about the banks and all that once. Okay, so. whatever. Um, so we believe similar stuff here, Eric, but we can't agree on the definition of these terms. What I'm talking about here isn't forcing someone to believe what I believe, because that doesn't work. Um, there's, there's a myriad of wars in the history to be able to, uh, to look at on that. What I'm talking about is convincing convincing people that don't believe what I believe into believing that they shouldn't use guns, bombs, and, and uh, people with uh, you know, weapons to get what they want. That's all I'm looking to do. Well, uh, this is the guy that wants to stop people from loaning people money, right? That's, this is that, Eric. No, I, I want you to stop going to a third party and paying them to borrow little pieces of paper... Yeah, when they have nothing to do with yours and mine transactions. Okay. I'm just saying, I don't want to get back into that. I'm just saying that uh, if I'm distributing you you, my you wealth... You want the status quo. That's what, what? you want. I want You're the defending status quo. the status quo. I'm not when, defending the status quo in any means, yes, shape, you, or if form. You if, you, if you don't come up with a monetary policy that... Eliminates the my policy is bankers. no policy. You my policy is abolish you abolish did. the government and well, abolish their fiat currency. That is not going to happen until you come up with a, a monetary policy because... I don't you, need to have a top-down to monetary policy. People are not going to tolerate that. The marketplace doesn't need to do that. It just comes up with solutions for people who have problems on its own. The marketplace, people in search of profit, come up with neat ideas and uh, innovations. If you don't come up with a monetary policy, it's barter, Okay. You, That's we what need barter, a currency. Wait, wait, wait. Exchanging dollars for things is barter. No, uh, using a currency is using a currency. Direct exchange of uh, goods and services is barter. Uh, but using a currency is essentially barter. It's the same thing. I mean, you know, if you're using silver or gold or whatever as a medium of exchange, then that's money. But money is the exchange of something for something else, which is barter. So these things do have sort of this, it's, it's, it's a graph where, uh, you know, you've got two circles and they overlap right there at the, you know, just the little, little bits of the circles go together. And that's what I'm talking about here is 
the uh, you know having currency that is actually worth something is barter, sure, but something that is a medium of exchange is currency. In in for instance, in prison, cigarettes in you know in some prisons, cigarettes have been currency. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? It's still barter. Well, a, a currency is actually not uh, – gold and silver is a currency, but uh, currency is not money. Gold and silver is money and a currency. Currency is a piece of paper that is an IOU. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't represent anything I think other... you're redefining what the term currency means because currency Currency is something that is used as a medium of exchange. Yeah, a currency is a medium of exchange. And usually it's uh, agreed upon by the government and they say this is the currency. So I will agree with you that since I don't think the government should be involved in it, maybe I don't really believe in a currency. Thanks, Eric, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. What? Let's talk to Adam really? calling from libertyontour.com. Where are you at, Adam? Uh, we're in Denver. We are still stuck in Denver, considering the Denver police have all our camera gear. You know, another another guys with uh, badges thinking they can take our property. And they did take your property. And now, what happened? I mean, I wish we had more time to talk to you about this. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I apologize for calling in late. We had another engagement, but I just want to yeah give you guys a little update. Yesterday, Pete and I decided to do some outreach at a Denver Broncos game. Long story short, we were trying to hand out free beer. You know, our property generated by our wealth and. Uh, or bought by our wealth, and we're trying to give it away to people. And the only agreement would be if you took a beer, you had to have, you had to take some of our information. Now wait a minute, wait up. a minute. Point of point of information here: you weren't actually on the stadium's property at that time, were you? No, absolutely, we are. You you are. A, we are. Don't you think it was kind of bad form compete, you know, bringing your own beer to compete with well, the stadium? Is, but you don't know anything sure, about sure, football. The, the policy, yeah, there's a tailgating. We checked the policy, and it wasn't as defined online. But uh, when they when we showed up shortly afterwards, they came and said, "Hey, you can do whatever you want. You just can't advertise." And we did. You still there? Down because we respect property rights, and it just wasn't clearly defined. It was a miscommunication because uh, we did check their website. I see. Um, and then it was late. Yeah, and then they had told us that no, you can you can stand out front and say free beer here all you want, um, but you just can't advertise it to Got compete it. with them. Okay. Um, so we did that, and then later two different like alcohol control people, also with the uh, stadium, came over and said that you can't say free beer then. And so then I just said, well, can I ask if if anybody would like a beverage? And they're like, yeah. And uh, when the lady said, you can't say free beer, she kind of like, she, she like kind of mocked me. So when I changed the thing, I, I kind of mocked her, and, and I'll admit that. But then she called the police, and then the police came over, and immediately, like, I was just filming them uh, talking to Pete and stay, staying my distance, and one didn't like me filming, and just came over and said, give me your ID. I asked if that was a lawful uh, request. He said, it is. I said, can you show me the statue? He said, I don't have to show you a statue. I'm a cop. I said, well, I would, I just, I'm not from Colorado. I'd like to know the law. And then I was placed under arrest. Mm. And so then I just went passive and I was dragged into the stadium, into their uh, substation in the basement. These guys sound so, righteous to I, me. Yeah, and that's just it. We have video of the guy, the first uh, uh, stadium representative, saying that you should take my signs and you can say this. I also have, I don't have video of the woman telling me uh, I can't say the word free, but I can uh, say people can have a beverage. Um, but I do have a video of her saying, I called the police because you mocked me, which isn't against the law. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the police were going to do about that. Wow. Um, but they thought they had the need to, uh, or the right, excuse me, to demand my identification. So both uh, you and Pete were arrested, uh, charged with, what, resisting arrest? Charged with 
course, you know, they're the same old catch-alls. It's interference, resisting, and then I was charged with disturbing the peace where there's people blaring music and fireworks are actually going off because the game was about to start at this time. So, yeah, we were disturbing the peace at that time and interfering with I don't know what. Um, and also, I don't know what I was really resisting because I just went past them. I didn't resist them kidnapping. I just didn't help them kidnap me. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, now, what does this mean for the uh, Liberty on Tour? I mean, are there court dates set? What's going on with that? Well, that's weird here, too, is that they say, uh, wait 10 days or call this number, or after this 10 days, you can show up to court at any time. So I don't know about that. I mean, personally, I can't speak for Pete, but myself, uh, my goal is to get our camera gear back. We found that, like, if the arresting officer and sergeant uh, released it, they can have it. So my intention is to go down to the police station tomorrow and sit there until they do. Um, as far as the fine is concerned, I don't care. I'm not going to pay it. I didn't uh, claim that they have any authority over me or to, to give me these things, mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't doing anything wrong to begin with. So I'm just going to ignore that whole situation and try to get my property back. That's my goal. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I would like you to give me a call or, give the, if you can, give the show a call tomorrow. Let us know. Maybe if you can early on, if you're available, I uh, would love to talk to you in a little more detail about what actually transpired and because uh, obviously we can only do so much here in three or four minutes, but uh, let Absolutely, us yeah. let us know tomorrow if you yeah, have any we'll, success with getting your stuff back. We'll let you know, and uh, we appreciate everyone out there with the Free Talk Live with the meeting and the people that have been uh, hitting us up for support. We appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah, so, I definitely want to get an update from you guys. So, can you call tomorrow? Absolutely, we'll call right. top of the hour. Want to get more details on what you've been up to since the last time we talked? Uh, get a little more in depth on as to what Liberty on Tour has been doing. You can go to libertyontour.com dot com to learn more and get some of their great videos. And Adam, thanks for the call tonight. Glad you're out of jail. We'll see you tomorrow Thank online. In the meantime, at freetalklive dot com. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. 